Welcome to Theories of Evolution, a podcast about exploring the lessons we learn on life's journeys from simply being to fully becoming. I'm your host, Shannon Stewart, and I'm excited to have you with me as we, well, talk through some stuff. Hopefully we'll have a few laughs along the way because, hey, we all know life can simultaneously be messy and funny. Let's do this. A wise person once said, if you see me running, call the police. I kind of, I really kind of associated with that for a very long time because the thought of actually running, of trying to kind of hustle my carcass at any speed faster than a simple walk was so foreign to me that, yes, I would probably need police intervention if I ever got to a point where you saw me running. Um, For some background, what we're going to be talking about today is my personal experience in going from being the proverbial couch potato to, it's still even hard for me to say it, to becoming a runner. That's, that's very strange. It's like I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that I'm a runner. Why I need to come to terms with it, I have no idea. But it feels, even now, after all of this time, almost disingenuous to call myself a runner for a bunch of reasons. But anyway, here we go. So let's talk about running. That's what today's journey will be all about. For those of you who know me and have kind of just known my journey with weight loss, which will be a whole other series of podcast episodes, I am sure... Um, you have an idea of kind of the ups and downs and kind of where I've been in terms of my body size and what I've been able to do with it or not do with it for that matter. Um, but if you don't, a little bit of background, I won't go into great detail, but I was always that fat kid, always. Um, from the time I was 10 years old, I wasn't fitting into normal clothes. I couldn't shop anywhere. Um, it was really, really challenging. By the time I hit high school, I uh, thankfully was going to an all-girls school that had uniforms, and I was squeezing myself into the very, very last available kilt size on the very, very last uh, buckle that you could possibly have. And some days, more than others, it was a significant challenge. I want to say that even at you know age 14, 15, I was a size 24, um, definitely over 300 pounds, and Everything I tried, my parents tried to help me with different reward systems, different weight loss programs, et cetera. And um, I think once I lost 44 pounds and it just came right back on. So throughout high school, throughout university, throughout much of my young adult life, my middle adult life, I was over 300 pounds. And uh, to, again, to make a long story short, we'll save this for another day. Um once some good friend of ours were uh, had had some great success with a program called Ideal Protein, so Michael and I started that on March first, twenty twelve, and five months later, so by August, I was down one hundred pounds. Um, a few months later, in September or October, a friend, Sharice, uh, asked the rest of our friend group, "Hey, would anyone be interested in taking a learn to run class at the running room?" And with her, and while other people said no, I thought, "Why not?" Sure. I was down probably about 120 pounds by then. So uh, from, I think I started at 330, let's say. So I was probably down close to 210, 200 pounds. Um, so I thought, sure. Yeah, why not? It's not expensive. It's something to try. If I don't like it, I don't have to do it anymore. And I, I really wanted to become a bit more active. Um, I was just, uh, I was 39 at the time and looking for ways to kind of finally find some semblance of health and balance in my life. I knew that I still had some more weight to lose, but at that point I needed a break from the program because if you know anything about the program, it's a low carb, low fat diet, very restrictive, obviously very successful, but it was very restrictive and I needed to get some balance back in my life. And I thought by taking a break, and starting some running, I could find some of that balance. So Sharice and I headed off and we went to the running room and I went with this one pair of shoes <laughs> that I had bought a few years ago when I thought I was going to try to get more active and walk off some pounds. And off we went. And uh, if you know anything about the running room or any of those kind of training programs, I mean, I have to give them full credit for really teaching learn to run. Uh, in a nutshell, it's basically you start off with interval training. That's kind of what they base everything on, which spoke deeply to the lazy person in me. Um, and you you run three times a week. You go to your clinic class and then you go to the two other uh, free open runs, which are Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Huge plug for the running room here. Didn't even realize I was doing that. But anyway, highly recommend if you are looking to get into running. Um, 
And you, you start off with two minutes of walking, a minute of running, and then the intervals go up until by the end of it, you're running for 10 minutes and walking for one minute, which at the time sounded outrageous to me, even the concept that I'd be able to run for 10 minutes at any speed uh, and then go back to walking for one. But, you know, we stuck with it. And I mean, Sharice and I, we, we ran in hurricane strength, winds, literally in a hurricane. We have some funny pictures from that and uh, just stuck to it. And so that was 2013. And our each of the clinics has a goal race. And so the goal race for our clinic was the resolution run, which happened on January 1st, 2014. So that was my very first taste of running a race. And one of the things I will say right from the get-go is as much as you think you really don't need a lot of gear, um, you know, because you're just out running, it's amazing how fast the gear can add up by the time you're done. Compared to other sports like hockey or, you know, any of those sort of things where you need padding and things that you can grow out of or et cetera, it's a little bit different, but you're making sure you have the right pair of shoes and depending on how you want to kind of fuel or hydrate yourself, the things that you need and the right clothes and, you know, the fancy clothes versus the not so fancy clothes. So you can actually spend quite a amount of money becoming a runner, um, especially if you really don't want to hurt yourself, but that's another story. Um, so we finished the learn to run. I did my 5k race on uh, January 1st and then I kind of felt hooked and which was weird because even back then and even to now, I don't really like running. I realize that sounds very strange, but I don't, I don't love running like some people do. Um, I hate like it. Is that a thing? I like it when I'm done. I really, really like it when I'm done. There are moments when I'm out and when I'm kind of halfway through or in that first kilometer trying to just kind of slog to get that little voice in my earbuds telling me I've hit 1K. I find that first K is often the hardest as everything limbers up. Um, and that always has been whether I was running you know, a 5K race or anything in leading up to some of the later training that I did. But I stuck with it and uh, I'm highly motivated by shiny things, as my husband will tell you. So I really kind of sought out races that had medals because I like medals and I like having something as an actual reminder of what my accomplishment was as opposed to just the memory or just the, the route and the timing that I tracked in an app somewhere. So once we did the 5K, I started looking around and seeing what else was was available and what I could do. And while I didn't move on to any of the other um, clinics at the running room, because the other thing I decided is that I am a solo runner. I do not like the pressure of having to run with other people and A, try to maintain a conversation or B, feel guilty for holding them up if they want to run faster than me because I, uh, I run slowly. I do. I'm a slow runner and I am... I am okay with that. It's taken me a number of years to be able to say those words. I am okay with being a slow runner, but I am because I'm very competitive. Um, but really the cool thing about running is you're really only competitive with yourself in the grand scheme of things and trying to make your own times better. So I started looking around to see what other races would be available and got some of the training programs to move up to the 10K level. I thought that was kind of achievable and looked around for other races that were out there. And that's when I saw the Sporting Life 10K. Uh, if you're in Toronto or Ottawa, you'll be familiar with this, this race. This was for uh, Camp Uchigeas, which is a camp for kids. It's one of their largest, or kids with cancer, I should add, uh, a really amazing charity doing very, very good work for a highly vulnerable population. And uh, so I thought, you know, this could be a good one. It's right in downtown Toronto. It starts at the top at Eglinton and you run right down, literally downhill uh, for 10K and you come into downtown Toronto. And it's a very, very cool experience. The other thing about Sporting Life 10K is that it takes place on Mother's Day every year. And um, again, a topic for another podcast episode. As someone who has battled uh, infertility and come out on the not successful side, so child-free, not by choice, Mother's Day is a suck fest. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, every year for me, I kind of try to hide as much as possible, which is, of course, unfair to my mother and other mothers around, but sometimes you do need to put your own mental health and well-being first. So when I heard about this one, not only being an incredible race um, in downtown Toronto with a great medal and a great t-shirt for an amazing organization, but something that I could do to take back Mother's Day for myself, um, really kind of put myself at the front of, of what that day was and kind of take it back for me, I was, I was in. 
And so my, my training started in earnest and I got some of the, the programs from the running room and to try to figure out kind of how I should train and scale up. And sure enough, Mother's Day 2014, uh, I did the Sporting Life 10K. I think my first time was an hour and 14 minutes. Again, I'm slow, don't care. Um, but I was super, super happy just to finish and to have been kind of successful in that. Uh, what was also awesome was seeing Michael at the the finish line for me. It's a that's a tough race from a logistics perspective. There's literally thousands of people that run that race back in the day when we could do those things together around other people. Seems so foreign now, doesn't it? Um, but you start at the top of of Young Street and then you meet down, you know, way near kind of Fort York, basically right down at the water. And so he was always there at the end, greeting me at the end of the races and making sure I was where I needed to be. So that was also super helpful. Um, so when that finished, I was like, okay, now what? And so I decided in my you know, ultimate wisdom that the next step should be a half marathon because I don't have enough boundaries or guidance or any of those other smart things in my life to say, you know, maybe you should kind of slow your roll. So I went for the half marathon. Um, again, didn't do the clinic cause I don't, I, again, I don't run well with other people, um, but I got the the training program and that really helped me prepare and get ready for all the things I needed to do. And again, I got to give huge shout outs to my husband, my partner in crime and all this because training for a half marathon, that's some serious business. You have your long distance runs on the weekend, or that's how I did it anyway, but I needed to build up my endurance and my speed and actually to be able to get to a point where I could do 21.1 kilometers, because that's how far a half marathon actually is. Um, I needed to run at least three times a week. And so for me at the time, it meant I would go into work in the city because I I commuted and and worked in Toronto at the time. I would get home about six o'clock at night. I change into my clothes and I go uh, for whatever run I needed to do that day. And, um, he would get everything ready. He would get stuff ready for dinner. He was understanding if I had to run at weird times, uh, get up at six o'clock in the morning in the heat of the summer to avoid, um, being scorched when I was trying to do an 18 K run, those sort of things. So huge shout out to not only to him, but to all the partners who support, uh, runners as they're prepping for all of these sort of things. So, uh, what was kind of neat about the, the Scotiabank half marathon, which is what I did October 19th. 2014, um, was that October 19th, 2014 happened to be our 10 year dating anniversary or was our meet meet anniversary. So once again, my husband drove me bright and early into the downtown, the, the throngs of people in downtown Toronto on our anniversary, on our anniversary, excuse me, and waited three plus hours for me to finish, um, my half marathon. And then we went home. I had the best shower of my life. He bought me flowers and another fancy t-shirt. And then we went out for dinner to celebrate. Um, But that was, that event was probably unlike anything I've ever done in my life. And uh, there are people out there that will say to you, running a half marathon, you know, I've done it and, you know, I'm excited to do my next one. Or no, I'm completely the opposite. I'm the one and done. I've done a half marathon. I never need to do it again. I have multiple t-shirts that say I ran a half marathon. I have little um, stickers that go on the back of my car that say 21.1. And I have one in my office that says 21.1 as a reminder that this is something that I accomplished and is probably one of the things I am most proud of in my life for actually having been able to finish. In fact, uh, we took the car through the car wash once and I forgot to take the magnet off the back. It fell on the floor and I ordered another one because I needed to have it just as that reminder to myself that these are the things that we can do when we kind of put our mind to it. Um, That day was very interesting. It was a little cold in the morning. My goal, um, biggest goal when running a half marathon, especially since it was my first, so I had no time to beat, um, was my number one goal is I wanted to finish. I needed to make it over that finish line. And when you're training for a half marathon, given um, the the calendar and the schedule, et cetera, that I, I used from running room, um, you never actually run the full distance until race day. So my longest long, slow distance, LSD as they call them, was 20 kilometers as per the plan. And I'd run that, I think, two weeks before my half marathon. Um, so I knew that in order to actually finish, I needed to do that plus 1.1 kilometers. And I guess once you hit that distance, you kind of come to the realization that you can probably keep going for that little bit more, but it was still daunting knowing that I had never done it 
on the day I had to go and actually do it. So that morning I wasn't feeling great. I had serious nerves and like massive butterflies in my, in my stomach. We got downtown, we found a parking spot. We huddled in a Tim Hortons bright and early with everyone else who was waiting to go because it was cold. Um, and finally we got into our corrals and we were off. And again, it's another amazing, uh, run through downtown Toronto, thousands of people and all the streets are closed off. So it's a really interesting way to see the city and to, to move around. So my number one goal, as I said, was to finish. My number two goal was to finish in under three hours. Reminder, slow runner. Um, and really that was it. Like that's, those were my number one and two goals. That's all I needed and wanted to achieve that day. And I was really fortunate, um, in addition to having my super supportive spouse who was there with me, I also have a great kind of running guru, Marlene, um, who has been a major runner for years and years and years and who wasn't running the half marathon that day, but was around cheering on some of her other friends uh, that were doing the race. And so she said she would find me and run with me for kind of the last few kilometers on the course. Um, and I have to say, if you have a Marlene in your life, whether it's for running or for anything, that one person who comes through for you in the super clutch moments when you don't realize just how badly you need someone, um, if you've got a Marlene in your life, everything's okay. Uh, because she, she found me, I guess, I think it was about the 17 K mark, uh, running down near Ontario place. And I was, you know, I was still moving. I was doing okay. I'd had to make a, a crucial porta potty stop that cost me five minutes, which started to stress me out as I was getting kind of closer to wanting to hit that 30 or the, sorry, that three hour goal. And so she just, she kept me going. She was talking to me. She didn't really care if I didn't talk back or if I was grunting or grumpy because at that point I was sore and I was tired and I really, 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 really wanted to be done. And she just kept my mind off stuff. And she was, she was not like, you can do it because if, if, anyone knows me and, and she certainly did. That was not the way to motivate me because that would have gotten probably more of a punch in the face than a, yes, I've got this. Um, so she just kept me occupied. She talked at me. We talked about different stuff. I, as I said, grunted in response and she just kept me going and she kept, she stayed with me until we kind of rounded that final corner. If you know it, downtown Toronto, right near old city hall, it's the part where, um, the people who are crazy enough to do the full marathon break off and go the other 21.1 kilometers. And the rest of us who are finishing have about three to 400 meters left. And then that's it. And so that's where she dropped me. And I looked at my watch and I realized I had less than, I think, two minutes, less than a minute or two minutes to make my three hour goal. And man, first, if it wasn't for Marlene, I never would have even gotten close. But as she peeled off, she looked at me and she said, you've got this go. And I did. I put my head down and <clears throat> man, oh man, was that tough. But I, I, everything in my body was screaming, but I, I needed to kind of give it everything I had to get to that finish line. And so when I crossed the finish line and I stopped my watch, it said two hours, 59 minutes and 38 seconds. Uh, so not only did I make the finish line after which I thought I was going to like collapse into a ball of heave sobbing tear freak girl. Um, but I made my three hour goal by like so close. And again, it was only because of Marlene uh, and she would say, Oh no, you, you know, you're the one who got yourself there. I would have finished, but I never would have finished in that, that time limit if it wasn't for her. So if you have a, a Marlene in your life, as I said, whether in running or anything else, you're a lucky person. So thanks again, Marlene, if you happen to be listening. Um, when I finished my half marathon, it was weird. A, I was very sore. I came home and had, uh, I think I got a pumpkin scone and some coffee from Starbucks, and I had an Epsom salt bath and kind of chilled out for a bit before I had the best shower ever and really kind of just took it all in and what I had actually finally managed to accomplish to go from being basically 350 pounds to uh, on race day 238 pounds uh, and finishing a half marathon was pretty... It was weird. It was hard to, it's hard to even explain or to put into words kind of what that moment felt like and what it still feels like almost six years later um, to have kind of actually accomplished that. It's funny. So 
and some more background. After losing all that weight, um, I went back on the plan, lost a bit more, ended up losing kind of 142 pounds, got down to 187 overall. Uh, and, and as I was starting to train for the half marathon, you really have to eat very differently to train for a half marathon. You, you need carbohydrates in order to run. Um, you just do, if you want to be healthy and if you want to give your body the fuel it needs in order to do the work you are asking it to do, like run 20 kilometers. And when I had been on a low carb, low fat diet for such a long period of time, my body was like, oh, carbs, we remember these. We like them a lot. We will hold on to them for you, um, for when you need them later, but we will store them as fat (laughs) again, just in case. So even though I had gone down to 187 by the time um, I ran, and that was, let's say, end of March 2013, by the time I ran the half marathon in October of 2014, sorry, I got my years mixed up, uh, I was back up to 238 pounds. Um, and so knowing that I had been able to, to do that, that my body had been able to kind of move in that way and that I was able to accomplish, that was a pretty incredible feeling, still is, as I said, to this day. So what's happened since? I ran a half marathon October 19th, 2014, and everyone's like, oh, you know, what's next is the full marathon. And I, nope. And even in all the time that's gone past since, there is not a single scintilla, not a teeny tiny part of me that has any desire to do that times two. Nope. I I don't even want to do a half marathon ever again. I don't need to. I'm now older much older, you know, six years have passed. Um, I've gone up and down in my actual kind of weight and kind of how I've I've felt and how I've looked and injuries and all of those different things. So I have zero desire to go back to that, but I still feel like running. So what's happened since? Well, uh, I took some time off. I needed to, I needed to kind of rest and relax. I did a couple kind of recovery runs to feel a bit better about, you know, just keeping my legs moving, but I, I didn't immediately register for kind of any other races. I would always do the, the Santa Shuffle, which is a 5K. It's close by here in Whitby. Um, and it was fun to do kind of around Christmas. It wasn't chipped or timed or anything like that, but it was fun. And then I would kind of slowly pick up other races as I saw them and as I had an interest in them. But without having kind of that big goal, that next big goal to work towards, I was kind of adrift for lack of a better word. Um, But I still found other races to do, and then I got injured. I was having IT band issues. Uh, Let me tell you, if you have any interest in starting running at any point in your life, make sure that you have a good chiropractor and a good massage therapist, and ideally a good physiotherapist, because you're going to need the trifecta of specialists to keep you in good shape, especially if, like me, you'd been abusing your body um, for a huge number of years and had been carrying around a bunch of extra weight before you actually decided to get active. So um, I worked really hard with my chiropractor who was doing acupuncture and all sorts of things on my IT band. I got into physio. Um, we're doing all of the different massage things. And then I um, also ended up getting a weird tendon issue in my foot. And that really more than anything is what derailed me for a good period of time. Um, I just, I couldn't run. I could barely kind of walk properly. So the thought of running, nope. I was totally told that I was not able to do that. Uh, and that was, that was really tough. And at that, around that same time, um, unfortunately, the weight started coming back. Uh, I learned a lot from when I lost the weight the first time, but I didn't deal with kind of the mental side of food, of why I eat, of how much I eat, of impulse control, of slowing down. And so the weight came back on slowly but surely over time to the point where I was um, exactly where I'd started from, which was very disappointing and very disheartening and meant that my running days really felt like they were over. Uh, in addition to the pain I was having in my, my tendon, I had knee problems. And at one point I was getting cortisone shots in my knee and my GP was telling me, you know what, the chances of you running again, uh, are very, very slim because you have arthritis in your knee. We're now injecting cortisone uh, every kind of three months into them to keep them moving. Okay. And just to reduce general pain. So you should be moving around, but your running days may be over, uh, which was really disheartening. I still would go out every once in a while, really kind of once in a blue moon, I would 
Again, do the Santa Shuffle. That was kind of the only race I was doing every year. I had bought a bib. I had registered for the Sporting Life. And one year I just had to cancel. I knew I wasn't in any shape to do it. I signed up to do the Nike uh, Women's Run Toronto. The one year it came back, it was on the island in Toronto. Great, super cool race. Uh, it's 15K on the Toronto Islands. And the finisher's medal was a Tiffany necklace. So I was like, yes, please. I'm in. And I didn't train very well. Um, I ran the race with my friend Christy. And again, Michael came with us. And oof. That was a bad day. It poured, 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 poured rain. There was nowhere for him to go. There was nothing for him to do on the island. Getting on and off the island, because there's thousands of people going to run there, was impossible because the water taxis and ferries couldn't take all the people. And did I mention it was pouring and cold and terrible? Um, very neat race. Very cool route, you know, to be running on Toronto Island looking back at the city. But I hurt myself. Um, pretty badly to the point that if I actually could have found a way off the course, I would not, that would have been my first, uh, do not finish. I was in agony. I have no idea even still now what I did and was just in tears the whole way, just trying to get off the damn island at the end of it when it was all finished. And, um, I have that Tiffany necklace. I don't wear it. I leave it on the curtain rod that displays all of my other medals because, it is kind of a badge of what I accomplished, but it's a reminder that you can't run stupid, that you really have to listen to your body and you have to train when you're going to do these kinds of races, these kinds of events and initiatives. You can't just show up and expect everything to be okay, especially when you have a history of hurting yourself running because you're a dumbass who doesn't listen to their body. So that was a really important lesson for me to learn a very, very hard way that my body had been through a lot. I'd put a lot of pressure and strain on it over so long. And by just being stupid and not properly training, bad things happen. So let that be a lesson. Put that out there to anyone who is considering running. Really, really think about how you're training. Listen to your body. When it hurts, it's telling you something. And get a professional someone to help you out with it because the long-term effects can be pretty significant. So... All that, uh, I kept just doing the 5Ks here and there and then really took a long break from running again because I put the weight back on, my knees were killing me, and I was in no way, shape, or form ready to do any kind of running again. Uh, I remember doing the Santa Shuffle, was it last year? Maybe last year, so 2019, again, back when we could be out around other people. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll just do a little bit of running and I'll add in some walking. And I, I couldn't run it at all. I had to walk the whole thing. J running just wasn't even a possibility. And that's when I realized that, you know, things, either I had to kind of give up running, the concept that I was a runner, um, or I had some things had to change. So as some kind of other background information, at that point I knew I was in, in the process of um, being approved for and waiting for uh, bariatric surgery. Again, this will be another episode. I'm already teasing so many future episodes very wisely or not. I'm not sure. You'll tell me. But um, I knew that I had bariatric surgery coming up and because I decided it was time to take some more drastic measures to change my health. Um, as much as... I knew it needed to be done. I was kind of going back and forth over and over again about whether or not it was something I was actually going to do. But that was in December. And boy, let me tell you, trying to walk 5K um, and having such a rough time, I realized that, okay, yeah, this, is, this is definitely what I need to do to get back to a healthier me or a me that I enjoyed being more than I enjoyed being that person that day. So it really helped kind of solidify my decision. So on March 3rd, 2020, I had that surgery. Uh, I have since lost, what's today? September 25th. Um, I have since lost about 105, 106 pounds since then. And I started taking running up again a couple of months ago, very, very slowly this time, because I wanted that feeling back, that love, hate, that, hey, I'm done this, uh, I've done it again, I can do it again, and I really wanted to see what would happen if I tried. Again, six years older than I was, kind of really the last time I gave it my all. I got new shoes, 
I was able to pull out all my old gear and to fit in different kind of sizing depending on where I was. And just very slowly, very cautiously got back out there working with my physiotherapist, working with my massage therapist, talking to my doctor, making sure that I was doing this, you know, the right way and that I wasn't going to cause myself further pain. Um, I started running again and I switched it up now that I'm uh, living and working closer to home, which is an absolute joy. uh, I started switching it up and I would go for my runs during the week in the morning before work. So I would wake up half an hour, 45 minutes earlier and get up and do kind of three, anywhere from three to four K a day, just in local neighborhoods to get my run in before I went to work. And so far things were, things were going okay. I was feeling good. Um, I mean, 2020 has been a crapshoot anyway, from a race perspective, unfortunately, obviously due to COVID, everything is virtual or everything is canceled. And so there haven't really been any really good kind of race opportunities or, or goals for me to kind of look forward to. But, um, I use the Nike run club app. Uh, that's how I kind of track all of my runs. And when I noticed for the month of July that they had a 50 K challenge that I could join, I thought, sure, I can do that. That's no big deal. 50 K in a month. It's amazing how your brain goes back to when you were actually running before a 50 K would have been no big deal. There were, as I said, some days I ran 20 in one day. Well, you know what? 50 K it can be a lot. It was a very humbling moment, a very uh, kind of sly reminder that I, I wasn't the runner or the human being that I was uh, when I had those ideas in the first place. So to actually run 50K in the month of July, I just squeaked it out. Like literally by July 31st, my total was 51 point something. And I really had to force myself to get up and to push myself and do an extra half K every couple of days because I knew that's what I needed in order to do the math (laughs) to get me to that 50K finish line. It was a really interesting experience, but it was nice to have that challenge again and to, you know, come out of it uninjured and unscathed, but to actually kind of make it to some sort of finish line, whether it was self-imposed or actual, didn't really matter. Um, again, that sense of intense pride to have made it through that challenge and just squeaked it out at the last moment was, was pretty, uh, rewarding. So I'm very happy that I did that. Since then, I haven't taken on any other real challenges. I'm looking at some of the virtual races that are out there, but the first one that I'll be doing that's a virtual race is actually coming up this Sunday. So the Shoppers Love You Run for Women, if you haven't heard of it, is a there's 18 different sites across the country and all of the proceeds benefit women's mental health in the local environments or some of the local organizations, depending on where the run is held. So this is the first year that it's being held in Whitby. Super, super exciting. And the proceeds are benefiting on Tara Shore Center for Mental Health, which coincidentally is where I work. So I am uh, the CEO of the foundation there, hence why I have a job closer to home now for just over a year. And we are super excited to have been included this year. It's a really wonderful organization with some strong presence. And Shoppers has such a commitment to um, not only to women's health, but to women's mental health that we couldn't ask for a better partner. Uh, and we were, we were really sad when we had to transition. Our event was supposed to be June 20th. And then, like so many, had to transition to virtual. So this Sunday, the run is going virtual across the country in all 18 sites. We're pretty lucky. Uh, Ontario Shores is right down at the water the shores of Lake Ontario, aptly and cleverly named. Uh, And there's a beautiful waterfront trail there. So on Sunday morning, we're going to appropriately, uh, some people are going to go down there and appropriately gather and do their own 5K or 10K virtual race uh, in support of women's mental health. So we had hoped to have kind of a big team from Ontario Shores, but here in Ontario anyway, they've changed the regulations just last week. So you can only have 25 people uh, maximum for an outdoor gathering. So we will ensure that we respect all of those provincial guidelines. Um, But I'm really looking forward to actually completing this virtual run. There's a finisher's bracelet, which I will proudly sport on Monday uh, when I go back to work uh, after having kind of completed this. So if you're, if you're out there and if you're interested in running, do keep an eye on the shoppers love you run for women. They will be starting re-registration very soon. I am sure there's one in a market close to you and you can help fundraise for women's mental health 
somewhere close to home. If you're so interested, you can always go to runforwomen.ca and you can click on donate at the top and enter in my name. I would be delighted if you felt so inclined to uh, make a donation towards my for personal fundraising goal and my shameless plug for this uh, incredible organization and the work that's being done there. Donations are accepted up to October 1st. Um, and you can learn more about the organization at ontarioshores.ca. And again, to learn more about the run or to look at participating next year, runforwomen.ca is the website. So that's what Sunday morning will bring. Um, I'm only doing the 5K. I thought about registering for the 10. But again, I'm trying to be smarter this time. I'm trying to be more realistic. I'm trying to be honest with myself. I'm trying to learn from my past uh, mistakes. There's, there's nothing else I can say. I'm trying to learn from my past mistakes. I want to be able to keep running. I want my love-hate relationship with running to last as long as my body will allow it. And um, so far, so good. I have pulled back sometimes if I thought I was pushing it too hard. The longest I've gone since I started running again is only 7K only. I have to stop saying that. See, look, I'm self-censoring. But I have to stop telling myself that only 7K. 7K is actually a pretty significant distance when I actually think of where it is from my house to 7k and it's nothing to sneeze at but when again you're used to running 20 seven seems like nothing but it really is something so I'm working on that I'm working on getting kind of back to just feeling good about running and getting out there and doing it um, I'm caring less and less about my pace I, although I will say I was very excited so I went for a run this morning I did 3.5k uh, which I'm going to do it again. It isn't very far, but it was, but it felt good to be out there um, because I wanted to kind of prep. We've been away this past week. We, we went out to Alberta and uh, did, we we're supposed to be in the Dominican Republic. That obviously didn't happen because of quarantine rules, but when everything could come together, we decided to do a few days in the mountains and we were able to do a lot of hiking, but I haven't done any running in over a week. And I want to make sure again, that I'm in good shape to actually run that full 5k on Sunday and to feel good about it and to not kind of strain myself for future runs. So that's kind of where we are in the running world. Uh, I, I, Highly encourage, if you've ever even thought about it, um, like literally even thought about it, if it's ever crossed your mind, like I wonder what that might feel like, to give it a shot. But I really, really strongly encourage you to try the the running room approach, look at interval training, to think about not doing too much too fast, to not getting, not comparing yourself to other people, to not um, feeling down on yourself if you have to stop and take a break to walk. Um, I think that's the only thing that made it reasonable for me to even start in the first place was that the entire structure of the program involved intervals, involved stopping for walking breaks, because otherwise I think I, I never would have taken that first step. I never would have made it out the door to go to one of those first clinics. So, uh, look into intervals if you're looking to, to run, um, I was looking, it's actually really hard to find statistics on the number of runners or how popular running is in Canada. I did find something from iRun magazine, um, which is a Canadian publication about running, go figure. And they say that there's more than 1 million Canadians who take part in running, making it the most, um, what do they say, the most popular recreational and fitness activity in the country. And I can, I can definitely see it. Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunities in different communities. If you if you like to find people to run with, try it on your own. Try it with a group. Uh, try the intervals. Make sure you have the right gear. Definitely go into a store uh, and ask to do a fitting um, to make sure that you have the right shoe because it will make a huge difference in how that you how you feel physically. Uh, and how, if you're going to have any injuries or anything along those lines, I knew I found my right pair of shoes when it literally felt like I was putting on slippers and I started moving around. Uh, I was distressed beyond belief that they were blue instead of pink because I really, really like pink, but the shoes that felt the best, uh, it really was a function over form that time. And I bought my blue Brooks and I've been hooked ever since to the Brooks brand. Um, but find the shoe that works for you. And it's something you're going to have to invest in running shoes. Good quality running shoes can run up to $200, but depending on who you are, you can get six, 700 kilometers out of them. Uh, so if you're like me, they'll last a good long time <laughs> before you'll need a new pair. So make sure you have good gear. 
make sure you connect in with a local program to find out uh, if there's a running room clinic. Because if you do a learn to run, for example, every week on clinic nights, they have people who will talk to you about proper nutrition. They'll talk to you about gear. They'll talk to you about running safety. They'll talk to you about all sorts of different things throughout the, I want to say it's an eight week course, but don't quote me. Um, all through those. And even through all of this COVID, though people can't run together, they are doing these learn to run courses virtually. So again, if it's something you're looking into, there's probably never been a better time than COVID to take up a sport like running because you're by yourself. You can be out um, appropriately distanced from all of the people that you need to be and still getting some exercise and finding some time for yourself. So get the right gear, do the training, consider interval training, find um, uh, the right fitness tracker that works for you. I have an Apple watch um, that's attached to my iPhone, but back in the day I had a Garmin watch, which worked really, really well for me. I could put my intervals and track everything GPS based there because um, numbers were very important to me. I wanted to know exactly how far I had gone and how long I had been out and all of those things. So I wanted and needed to track all of those things. So find the right kind of fitness tracker or apps for you. As I said, I've used Nike run club i've used map my run other people have used strava my dog is upset because someone made a noise somewhere so apologies for the dog barking in the background um so those are some of the apps that are out there that you can look into um and my dog is still barking finn everything's fine he's gonna keep barking for a while hopefully that's not too loud or distracting apologies um so find the right gear find the right uh, plan for you. If you like to run with other people, give that a whirl appropriately, of course. Um, and then as we're coming into fall, uh, safety is really a huge part, especially if you are a woman. Um, so I live in Whippy and you may have heard a story not too long ago. It was the end of July of a woman. I won't say her name because, um, her family has asked for a publication ban and they're really trying to kind of keep things close. So I won't, I won't, I will respect their privacy and I won't disclose her name, but, a 50-year-old woman was out for a run at 8 o'clock at night, still broad daylight back at the end of July, uh, and she was running down a street in Whitby that I have run past, I can't tell you how many times. I love this certain part of road because it's a very big downhill. It was part of my 8K route when I was doing 8K routes, so I've run past it many times, and she, um, her husband reported her missing on that evening. And the next morning at 1024, uh, she was discovered in the bushes, uh, having been significantly beaten. She was clinging to life. Um, Some of the charges also say sexual assaults. I can't even imagine what this woman went through. Um, And I'm just so very, very glad for her and for her family and for everyone involved that they found her when she did. She was less than 500 meters away from a police station. She was surrounded by other homes. It was a well-lit street. It was in a residential area. Um, I'm sure she did everything right. And she was attacked by a stranger who has thankfully since been arrested. Um, So this is a conversation that we have a lot in our house about running safety Um, this incident alone. And then there was another one a number of years ago where a teacher uh, went out for a run and went missing again in Whitby. And it was winter and his body was discovered many months later, uh, right at the shores of Lake Ontario. So, so not far away from home at all. I still don't really know if they figured out what happened or how everything went down, but, um, just another, when you're a runner and you go out and, uh, and you like to run by yourself like I do, things change in the way that you have to kind of think about your roots and protecting yourself. And unfortunately, especially if you're a woman, and I hate having to say that because it makes me so effing, I'm trying not to swear on this podcast, but it makes me so effing angry that as a woman running alone, we have to take all of these extra precautions because there's the possibility that people out there can't control whatever urge it is that comes over them in that moment. And they have to literally hunt people down as is what happened at the end of, of July. Uh, so since the first runner went missing, the, the male uh, teacher back, God, that was a number of years ago. Um, Michael and I installed uh, find my friends, app on our phone. So he could always see where I was. Um, and that was really important because I never run the same route. Uh, if you're like me, I'm not good at repetition. (laughs) I don't like doing the same things over and over and over again. So each time I would choose a slightly different route, if I had a different distance or a different place that I wanted to go, um, 
I would have a different route. So it's not like he could, if something happened to me, it's not like he could say to the police, well, this is her normal Tuesday route or anything along those lines. Um, so we installed these apps on our phones so that we could uh, kind of ensure that we could check in that way. Also, I knew then if I, if I fell or if I had a, a, got a bad leg cramp or something and I needed him to come and rescue me, um, it would be really easy for him to kind of pinpoint where I am. Uh, Find My Friends, I don't think exists as an app anymore. So we moved to Life360. There's a free version that we use and it really is quite handy um, for us to be able to kind of I know it sounds creepy and this may not work for every couple, but, um, to track each other's movements, but it's made me feel safer knowing that he can see where I am when I'm running. And it's made him, I hope feel a bit safer about, uh, knowing that if something happens to me, my route is tracked and it's kept for a number of days. So if something was to happen to me in the same way that it did happen, unfortunately to this poor woman, um, potentially, and I'm, and I'm, again, I have, I have no idea of the, of the background of what technology she may have had or how they were able to locate her. But, um, these are one of the things that we can do to kind of protect ourselves, literally the two of us in, in how things go down when I go out for a run. I've also recently purchased, uh, running room sells, a. Uh, basically a siren, you pull a cord on it and it just screams and uh, makes a huge amount of noise. Um, and I've had, I bought that and they were very, very popular. They sold out in Whitby uh, at some of the running room stores when they became available. So I ordered mine and it came in this week. So I'd be attaching that to my running belt because it's getting darker. Now, if I go out in the morning, I can't get up at the same time because it's too dark and I have the grace and balance of a water buffalo. I fall over my own toes. So running in the dark is extra challenging for me. And um, so I have to be super careful about the times that I choose. So if I decide to go after work now, there is a really good chance that I may be coming home when it's dark or it is getting dark. And um, again, it makes me so angry to say that we have to go to these lengths to protect ourselves. Um, but I'm glad that there are some of these kind of options at our disposal. The other thing that I got when it got darker, and this was less for kind of protection from me from quintessential stranger danger, but just to be able to see better and to make sure that cars could see me is ensuring that you have the right gear that has reflective stripes. Um, so the running room has, again, another, <laughs> another free plug for the running room, but they have their, their ubiquitous running jackets that are just covered with different reflective stripes. So that makes you more visible to cars. And I also at one point bought, um, a set of what are called knuckle lights, uh, if you're interested and I would wear them because it was getting colder over my mittens and they just literally slip over your hands. And so as you have your hands down beside you, I'm literally doing this right now, sitting in my chair, I have my hands beside me, like I'm running like a weirdo, but here I am. Um, and the light actually projects out and it, as you swing your arms, it lights up the path in front of you. So you have a better uh, opportunity to see the space. So I have those and there are different headlights that you can get and everything. But really, if you're if you're looking into running, um, really ensure that you've you you've got the gear and that you take safety, especially as a woman, very seriously. Um moving this forward, you'll feel better because I mean, I also run with headphones in, I have to run with music. I can't stand the, the, the thought of listening to my own breath. It sounds like I'm gasping for air. So I don't need to hear that. Nobody needs to hear that, but I certainly don't need to hear that. So I'd much rather listen to like the Hamilton soundtrack or whatever latest pop song is out right now while I'm running along to keep me going. So the combination of, you know, having headphones in, um, and trying to be as aware of your surroundings as possible, it's tough. So anything that you can do to kind of protect yourself, the better. Um, for people who've gotten into running, I would love to hear your stories of how you got started. Was it, have you always been active? Were you an active kid? Um, did you do cross country in high school? Uh, was running something you came to later? Was it something you did after you had your first child? Or was it something you did to kind of keep you healthy because you've had some illness or challenges? Was it like me, something that you took up over uh, after weight loss? Um, I would love to hear any of the stories of kind of how you came to running. If you're a, a, a love hate runner, like I am, um, let me know. Uh, there are a bunch of different ways you can reach out through all of our socials. Um, you can always email me, uh, all of the information is in the, at the end of the podcast and I'll put some information too up on some of the things I talked about today in the show notes. If you're looking for kind of some of the learn to run classes or some of the gear or the things that I was talking about. 
Um, I'll also toss up because uh, I'm vain this way. And I'm, I, I apologize not once for being proud of having accomplished that half marathon. So I'll put up a photo or something from that as well in the show notes. But I would love to hear... Um, your running stories, kind of where you've come from. If you're thinking about running, if you have questions about running, I am not the expert by any stretch of the imagination in all things running, but I do, uh, I'm very lucky to be part of a couple of um, amazing Facebook groups and be connected to some incredible people uh, who I could perhaps get some answers if I can't answer some of your questions. So I'm more than happy to make those connections. But if, if running is something you've, you've done all your life or you're just starting or you're thinking about, I highly recommend uh, giving it a whirl and keeping going. Respect your own boundaries, listen to your body, and make sure that you have the right gear and do everything you can to keep yourself safe. Um, I think that's probably good for now. As I said, would love to hear more about your own kind of journeys through going from you know, we talk a lot about Couch to 5K. That's another good app that's out there. I like to say I'm Couch Potato to Half Marathon which is probably what I'll end up naming this episode um, because it's a really interesting journey to take yourself on those moments when you're out there and there's nothing but you and whatever music you're listening to and the pavement or a trail or a sidewalk or any of those sort of things. And you, you see yourself moving forward towards this goal and that moment when you get home and you stop your watch or you stop your phone and record that run, it's a pretty sweet feeling. Even if I love, hate the rest of it, I totally love that part. So would love to hear your stories. Reach out to me and let me know where you've kind of come and gone in this running thing. And looking forward to telling you more about things as we go, talking to other runners, because I think this is something that may come up more and more. I think there are other people who are looking at getting into this. So I'm hoping to bring on other people who've either been running kind of their whole lives or are just getting started. If you're interested in joining me and having a conversation about running or just either moving your body after weight loss, happy to, would love to. So hit me up, any of the socials, send me an email, would love to chat. But for now, that's about it. So I'm going to go and get ready for my run on Sunday. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in to Theories of Evolution. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Check out the show notes for resources that may be of interest. And I'd love it if you could drop a review on your podcatcher of choice. There's always more to say and so much more evolving to do. So if you have ideas for future episodes or would like to join me to share your own theories, reach out. Email me at evolutionpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on the socials. Evolution Podcast on Insta, at Evolution Pod on Twitter, or Theories of Evolution on Facebook. And don't forget that's Shan, S-H-A-N, because I simply find it impossible to resist a good play on words. That's all for now. May we both be a few steps further ahead next time we connect. From today to tomorrow, never stop evolving.